Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 13 is where we find ourselves with breaking news this morning. And so this, it becomes even more apparent that he's speaking specifically to the Jews as we go on, because now he gives a parable and he says the exact same thing. Now, reading this the first time, you might not see the relation, but it's interesting. Verse 6, he spoke of this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. So it's important to understand that the fig tree throughout the Bible represents the nation of Israel. And God uses the fig tree, the olive tree, and the grapevine interchangeably to speak of a fruitful nation, the nation that he planted in the, in the, in the land of Israel. And of course, that's what the, the land was when God gave it to him. You know, he, he wanted them to be fruitful, but he also gave them a fruitful land. Remember flowing with milk and honey? You remember that? You ever wondered about that? Like, were there like rivers of honey and rivers of milk? You know, don't step in that. That's honey. You'll never get it off your feet, you know? What does that mean? You know, I, I remember thinking about this. You know, I was, I was studying through first five books of Moses and, you know, Moses taking them to the land flowing with milk and honey and they come back and, you know, it's just like God said, it's flowing with milk and honey. What, what does that mean? It means that it's simply this. What do you, well, let's just ask you, what do you have when you have a lot of milk? What does that mean? What's the implications of that? You have a lot of milk. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, right. And yeah, no, it means you have a lot of cattle being born. So there's prolific cattle. So it's, it's flowing with milk. That means that there's a lot of baby cattle, a, a ton of cattle within, within, the, within the country. What about honey? What does honey represent? Produce, yeah. If you have honey, that means that things, there's so much honey because so many crops are being pollinated that there's abundance of produce and abundance of cattle. This is a very wealthy ancient culture with those things and that's what this land was and God wanted not only the the land to be fruitful but he also wanted the people within the land to be fruitful and his promise was that if you are fruitful I will make you fruitful if you obey me I will bless you your your land will continue to flow with milk and honey but if you do not obey me uh oh (laughs) what did he tell the Jews I will drive you from the land I will drive you from the land and I will desolate the land. I will desolate. That's exactly what God would tell the Jews. And so he would call them a fruitful vine. He called them a fruitful fig tree. But then times like Joel chapter one, verse seven, it says, he has laid waste to my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. Oh, that's not good. You know, Jesus doesn't just tell them this parable, but he actually gives them a really interesting visual prophecy. And it's recorded in a couple of the Gospels. We'll read Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 21, verse 18 says this, Now in the morning he was returning to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing but leaves. 
and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered. Wow. What is he doing? He's actually giving a visual prophecy of the nation of Israel. He's come to Israel to find fruit, to find something being produced, some life there. And all he finds is leaves. He's like, ah, leave it. Right? It's a bad joke, sorry. Just leave it alone. No. He curses the fig tree and it dies. He curses the fig tree and it dies. Now, this is what John tells us, and you see if you can relate this to what that just said. In John chapter 1, verse 11 through 13, it says, He came to his own, his own tree, right? His own people, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, excuse me, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So this parable of the farmer, you know, the farmer representing the father of God, looking down on, on his people Israel, and he sees this fig tree Israel and how it's doing, and he finds no figs. He finds no fruit within the nation. Now, you might have a tree in your yard. I don't know if you have any fruit trees. Anybody have any fruit trees? We live in Emmett. We all should have at least one fruit tree, right? You know, maybe it's a remnant of, a, of an orchard. If you have that, then you're very lucky because that means that that tree was you know, genetically modified to produce giant, luscious fruit, probably, right? I guess maybe that's lucky, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Or or maybe you have an apple tree or something like that. We have an apple tree in our yard, and, you know, the apples are great on it. You know, they are. But some of them are pretty high up, because we don't know how to prune it correctly so that we can reach them. And we don't really have a ladder to get to them. And so a lot of them, I'd say most of them, probably fall on the ground and die. Or the kids pick them before they're ripe. That's what happens when you have little kids and they don't know any better. They just pick the fruit and like, no, no, I want to eat it. No, you can't eat it. (sighs) Ah, you know. And so we get our apples from Albertsons, right? I mean, we have this apple tree that produces pretty good fruit, but we get our apples from Albertsons, not just because we don't want to eat those apples, because we do eat some of them. Usually the kids eat them, but we want to also have fruit in December and our tree doesn't produce fruit in December. I know. Isn't that crazy? And we know how it goes this time of year, right? It it happened with apricots. It was apricots, then it was plums, then it was peaches. And then it was, now now it's apples right now and pears and stuff like that. And so we kind of know the the cycles of the fruit. And some of you guys do the pluots. We do those sometimes. Pluots or Asian pears, those things grow around here. You know, delicious fruit. But it's only for this time of the season. And in their day, they would grow a tree, and they would want to get everything they possibly could out of that tree. They would fertilize, they'd keep it going, they'd get all the fruit as it ripened, they'd get it right away, they wouldn't let it fall on the ground, they wouldn't let the the birds eat it. They did all those things to try to keep their fruit fruitful so that they could make money with it, they could can it, they could preserve it, they could dry it, whatever they needed to do to get themselves through the rest of the year. And so if you had a tree on your land that wasn't producing... You didn't keep it. You didn't let, oh, it looks a nice tree, you know. You cut it down and you planted something that would produce fruit. They didn't have Albertsons, so they could just go get some fruit or Winco or Walmart. In verse 7, it says, And he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this tree and, found, and I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Now, we know that uh, fig tree... When it's, it will start producing its first little figs in about three years. But it probably, he probably wasn't impatient. He probably waited the three years, looked for those first little figs, and then for the next two years, looked again and still nothing. And he's like, cut this thing down. 
this is a, a dud, you know. You ever had a dud? You know, we usually on, on fireworks, right? You pay, pay $7,000 for that little fireworking light, and it's like, tss. what? I paid 10 bucks for that, you know. It's horrible. This last, this last 4th of July, I'm just cold, totally going off script right here, but this was kind of funny. We kept lighting these things, and the, the wicks didn't seem right. It was just like these little balls, and the, they just kind of burned li- you know, like a candle almost, and then nothing. And we're like, what is going on? Turns out they were pull strings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to know how to do it. <laughs> Verse 8, but he answered and said to, the, to him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. See how this tree there, it's, it's three to six years old, and apparently it's not going to bear any figs. So he says, give it some time. Let's fertilize. Let's dig around it. Let's, let's get the, maybe it's packed soil underneath, and, the, and the, the vines aren't getting good nutrients, or the water's not allowing, it's like clay or something. The water's not really getting into the root system, and so let's dig around it. Put some fertilizer in there, something that the, the water can get in and soak around, but also something that can give it some extra nutrients. Let's try to breathe some life into it before you give up on it. And God, God gives space for that, doesn't he? He doesn't give up on you so easily. He gives you space to repent. We've talked about this a couple of times as we've looked at chapter 12. Some people think, you know, if, if I do something bad, God's just going to zap me. Like Ananias and Sapphira is just, you know. But no, God is, is most of the time, he's patient. Sometimes he might use you as an example, I don't know. But most of the time, he's very patient. And I think sometimes people get the idea that God didn't zap me for that. And he didn't zap me for the next thing. And so maybe God doesn't care. Maybe God's okay with it. Maybe God's okay with me doing that activity or that, that thing or, or whatever. You know, and I've, I've run into couples that, that have kind of felt this way. You know, I said, hey, you know, what, what's your living situation? Oh, we live together. But God understands. You know, he knows we love each other, and we're going to get married. Oh, how many times have I heard those words? We're going to get married. We're sleeping together. We're going to get married. And how did that end up? I'd say probably eight out of ten times it ended up no. And what ruined the relationship? Well, that. That's what ruined the relationship. And, and those who do get married after that, they tend to have a difficult time in that part of their relationship because... They, they made it wrong at the beginning. And so there's always this feeling of this isn't right. And, and that's not good. We don't want that. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.